The vicious voices of the right are out in full force, and it's time for us to get up and organize against the heartless attacks on our civil rights. Start your morning diving into the headlines and issues that matter to our everyday lives, speaking with changemakers and hearing from you, our listeners. Hear your host, Zerlina Maxwell, break down the top news, push for solutions from officials who represent us, and call out the misinformation and hypocrisy that surrounds us, plus the engaging stories that keep you energized. Get your morning boost of politics, culture, and everything you need to start your day. It's always darkest before the dawn, but the dawn is here. Shining a light on the ruthless forces across the aisle and rising for a brighter future for all of us. This is Mornings with Zerlina. Welcome to Mornings with Zerlina. I'm Zerlina Maxwell. Joining us on the phone is our financial guru and the person that's going to help us all navigate the recession. Angela Matthews is here. Thank you so much for being here. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me here. So first of all, are we in a recession? Like how are, before I even get to the question, the R question, how are you reading economic news right now i mean i feel like the last couple of years have been really unstable for most people in terms of money but just because the pandemic kind of threw everything into for threw us all for a loop so how how are you reading the latest economic news and how how are you planning for the future given what you know you're reading about a potential recession i don't know if we're in one or not so we are probably in one. Okay. <laughs> and the reason why I say probably is because technically speaking, a recession doesn't get declared until you're in it for quite some time by economists. So it's one of those things where you're already cooking in the pot, but you don't realize that you're already in the pot until the temperature gets really hot. But you're probably in the pot for a while before that happens. So this is how I know that we're probably in it just by the signals that are happening. You know, and I know that the Fed, they keep raising rates, hoping that it will slow down inflation and a lot of other indicators. But I like to tell people that you want to think of our economy and just the economic house of the United States and the world as one big, say, chair. And we have one chair leg called inflation. We've got another chair leg called, you know, layoffs. We've got another chair leg um, with economic and consumer sentiment in terms of what do people feel is happening. And then there's another chair leg of this may be the future and what it can potentially hold. And so at any given point, only one leg could really be knocked out for us to be stable enough to sit down on the chair, right? But if you knock out two legs, it gets even more wobbly and one other leg, the whole shebang goes down. So when it comes to the economic downturn, you just kind of want to see how are we navigating the legs of our financial security in terms of a national and international level. So a lot of people don't think about international in terms of the rest of the world's economic future. When I look at the rest of the world, things aren't doing as well at all, right? They're actually doing a lot worse than we are. And usually it's just a matter of time before it comes to us. Now, this isn't a Debbie Downer thing saying, oh, all is unwell. People have been predicting a recession for the last five years. And the reason why is because this is the longest period of time that we've been without one. Mm. Well, that's a really important point that I think is not made often enough, <laughs> right? I mean, I think that one of the things that we often, I mean, I, maybe this comes from this idea in business that like every, you know, like the goal is profit. And so you just always have to like make more. 
So like the, the goal is like, what do we make last time, make more this time? That's like the rules. And I feel like um, we apply that to the economy when we haven't taken economics class and we learn in economics class that it, there's a cycle to it. <laughs> Absolutely. Everything happens in cycles. And I mean, we have seasons which are quite cyclical. The way our lives move, we cannot always be at 100% 24-7 as much as we would like to think, right? We have to rest. We have to take notice of what goes right, what goes wrong. That's what we need to reiterate. That's what we need to propel. So when I think about a recession and when I think about what could potentially harm us, I'm always thinking about it from the lens of, okay, this is human nature. This is just nature in general and everything has to play a part. And as a result, how can I use it to propel? So I'm always at the ready, you know, for, mm -hmm. for lack of better. I'm always waiting, you know, when someone's there and they're saying, try me, just try me. Yes. And I'm like, all right, session, try me. Don't try me, but I'll be ready. Right? <laughs> so how do we get ready? So if we're already in a recession, is it too late to get ready? What do we do? Absolutely not. And so it's never too late to get ready because, I mean, it's always better to have a plan before you need it. So for many people, you know, Salesforce just laid off quite a few people, Amazon's laying off quite a few people. And so this is really going to be the start of, I think, the beginning of not the end, but the beginning of the of the not so good times. And so while you do have a job, right, for a lot of us, we have careers, there's consistent money coming in, you want to start actually saving a little bit more than you can, you want to watch those commitments that you could potentially be taking in the new year. So a lot of people want to buy a new car, they want to buy a new house, something, you know, new year, new you. And what I really press upon you to think about is, well, how can I have a new year evolved me? How can I not just go the most this year, especially when it comes to my finances? How can I find other ways to really express that side of myself? So maybe instead of getting a new car that's going to be a, a beautiful luxury vehicle, maybe you can take it a notch down, right? Not get the most spectacular thing out there in the market that's going to crash in value just a couple of days after you take it off the lap. Perhaps you can just get a, a car that's just a little less comfortable, or maybe you just don't get the car. Right. And so for me, I think about it in terms of how much cash can I have on hand so that when it is go time, when the market does have a quote unquote sale, which pretty much means things are less expensive. Right. Companies aren't making as much money, so their stocks go down. But over time, it will go back up. And so how do you prepare for that? How do you prepare just in case you end up getting laid off? How do you prepare to know what to do with the money that you would potentially get for a severance? Do you have a working budget? Do you know how much it takes to actually live comfortably with your lifestyle? And so this is kind of how we start preparing for it, because it can happen next month. It can happen next year. But once you have a good plan in place, whether you use the plan or not, it's like having a fire extinguisher in your home. You may never use it, but if there's a fire, you're pretty happy you have one. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, you definitely, and, and, you know, it's always when you need it where you can't find the thing, right? And so it's it's better to plan and be ready, like Angela said, um, for for any potential, you know, catastrophe. Because you don't, you really don't know what's going to happen. You have no idea um, what's going to happen. I think COVID has taught us that. Um, if anything else, I mean, when you when you talk a, a bit about budgeting and sort of saving more, like how much are we talking? Right. Because I, I suppose that like if it depends upon 
um, where you live in the country, right? I mean, I think the cost of living in a place like San Francisco or New York or even here in Washington, D.C., you know, the amount, the percentage you would be able to save is going to be different than if you live in a different part of the country. But give us sort of some guidelines and parameters for the folks out there because we, we have folks all over the country listening in how they how they should sort of when they get that take home check, like the take home money, not the gross salary, the take home money. How how should they sort of think about allocating um, their money and, and saving enough so that they are prepared? What you want to start thinking about is how much do I need at the baseline, right? So when I think about if I needed to live off of just whatever I have savings, what will my lifestyle be like? So I know automatically that I'm not going to have childcare. I'm not gonna be putting the kids in daycare that costs roughly 2000 and change a month. So I'm not actually going to put that in the budget for what I need to live because the reality is if money is tight, they're not gonna daycare, they're gonna stay at home. And so you wanna start thinking about, okay, if all things are gone, all of the luxurious things are gone, what at the base do I actually need to survive? So you need your mortgage or your rent, depending on where you're living. You absolutely need a food budget and you need today's food budget, not like two years ago. So things are a lot more expensive now. So you need to have a budget that way. You need to think about all of your utilities, entertainment, the things that, you know, you being on the skinny side of your financial diet, what does that require? And then you calculate that number. And then you look at what you have set aside right now in your savings and you divide it by that number. So you can kind of see how much runway do you have? How many months do you have that you could potentially be okay without going into scarcity mode? And once you figure that number, then you'll probably see that you have about five three to five months on average is what people have. They have about three to five months of that skinny diet living um, within their savings or at least accessible. So it could also be accessible in terms of a credit limit, which is sometimes people don't think about that. They think they have to have all of that in cash, but you wanna think about your money as a totality and your access to money. So how much access to money do you have? And your credit limit is a part of that access. If things go crazy, Thank the Lord you can put out a credit card and pay for it with that, even though I don't advocate using it a ton of times if you don't know what you're doing, but it's an option. No, it's important to think of it that way because I hadn't thought of it that way. Okay, I'm writing this down. (laughs) I hope people at home are writing notes. (laughs) It takes the pressure off because a lot of us actually do have quite substantially high credit limits that we're not utilizing. And that's kind of the point of having them, right? And so... A lot of people are like, never use it. And I'm like, screw it. Um, If I need to get something and I need to pay a bill and I don't have the money, um, I'm going to use this wonderful shiny card right here that has a low interest rate or is telling me that I can use it, you know? So we want to think about that in that way. You want to think about, you know, also allocate all of the points you have. So when I do this inventory and I do this inventory probably about two times a year, I don't do it a ton of times. I'm really focused on either making more money or investing or having a beautiful life and and just kind of making conscious decisions about money. Like, is there a less expensive alternative or do I really need this or can I get the same satisfaction from something else? Those are usually the conversations I have with money on a day-to-day basis. But in terms of this budgeting, I only do it about two times a year. And I also do put in the points that I have on all of my credit cards. Cause you know, sometimes they say your points are worth this or your points are worth that. So I also put 
and what points I have available on my credit card. And I also look at some of the vendors that I can get gift cards from like Target or Walmart or, you know, wherever I can potentially not use my actual money. So all of that goes into this money inventory. And really what we're doing is we're just kind of calming down your nervous system to help you know that you're good if something should happen. That's I love all that. We're doing. We all we're ourselves. We all want to, our nervous systems to be calmer. I feel like that is a universal thing um, right now, particularly since 2020. But I, I but I feel that um, we all could use a little bit of that. When you when you talk about investing, so once you've gone through this inventory and you're like, all right, this is all the the things that I need um, to save to live, right? My basics, and then you you have your inventory. You also mentioned, and you're big on this, thinking about how you can invest even if the market is down thinking through how you can invest even if it's just a little bit how take us through how how that thought process goes and what what people should do first so when you start thinking about investing you want to start thinking about it in the context of imagine if you had one dollar we're not putting the entire dollar into our investments imagine you saying what if i could make 10 cents of this dollar grow Right. Even if it's 10 cents of all the the cents in this one dollar bill there, if I could just make 10 cents grow into 11 cents or 12 cents, then that would be spectacular. And so when we start thinking about investing, you want to start off really small. You want to start thinking about, well, what if I have quite a bit of money right now in terms of I'm pretty comfortable and yes, there are things left over. Well, what if I just I know they say the market is down or the markets may potentially go down. But what if I just purchased a a share of Amazon, right? I mean, heck, they're at my front door almost every other day. So it's time that I start getting paid for this relationship. And this is a very real, real thing, right? And so you can just say, hey, one share of Amazon, I'm going to buy that. And the current price for Amazon, because I love to actually talk about things in real time, is $89.87. So a lot of people are thinking like, whoa, Amazon's only about 90 bucks. And I'm pretty sure you spent way more on Amazon in the last two months, right? And so I want you to start thinking about it in that way. What if I were to just get one share? Mm. And then keep thinking about it. Think think about it every you know couple of days. What if I were to get just one share? What if I were to get another share? What if what if what what else did I just hand my credit card over to? Is there a way for me to just own that? Hmm, I'm using my credit card. What if I actually got something with MasterCard or with Visa since, heck, I'm paying them a bill anyway, even if it's a debit card, they're getting paid somehow. How can I be a part of that conversation? And so for me this year, you know, everyone has their their words or their phrases of the year. And for me, I have got two. One is liberation. And I'm not really sure why that's there, but it's just my energetic calling, like liberation. I get to think more about it. But the other one is take up space. Mm. And when we take up space, think about how can you take up space financially? How are we taking up space where it's like, you know what? I work really hard and everyone gets a piece of my energy. Everyone is getting a piece of my money. How can I start being more a part of that conversation of receiving? And so that's when we start thinking about investing, right? That's how you start receiving from multiple levels. I love that. My dad is, says this thing all the time. My whole life he's been saying this. And I'm a, I was, I'm a, when I was broke, I was like, okay, dad. He's like, you know, money will just come to you. 
you know, you just, you should sort of focus on what your passions are and um, you keep your head down and you work. Money will come to you. That's what he always says. I don't know that that, I mean, I, sometimes I'm, I roll my eyes, but um, I do think that your mindset is important in thinking through many of these things. Okay. So what's a, what's a conversation that maybe young people can have, you know, because I feel like when we talk about investing, we're talking about people that are, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Gen Z is like way over my head, but I feel like investing is not a class I had, I was offered, right? It wasn't, it wasn't something that I could learn about in any sort of structured school. So I feel like you have to self-teach and you're the expert on (laughs) um, teaching yourself these things. So if you're a younger person out there, or even if you're a parent of a teenager or a college student, what conversation would be helpful to have um, so that you can teach the young people now um, to be investing? So I'm happy to say that a lot of parents and a lot of younger people, they're so much smarter than we were growing up. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, we were thinking maybe about saving, but I think a lot of people are starting to wisen up that, you know, saving and just having your money accumulate in your account isn't going to cut it all the time, right? We want to see it grow. And so for a lot of people, say example, I'll say an example, if you have younger kids, I think they somehow get investing so much easier as a younger person than an older person. And I see this because I've been teaching investing for seven years. And I know that certain things pick up quicker to folks who are younger. And I do have to explain things a little bit more to older folks. And I don't mind it because I just love all new investors. I call them baby giraffes. So I love my baby giraffes across the board. But when you're younger, for some reason, you pick it up a little quicker. I want you to think about giving an older person, you know, an iPhone for the first time. What? Like, what is this thing? How? I don't understand. I used to have a phone with a cord and all these things attached to it. And now I can look up the internet it's mind blowing, but for a younger person, it's not really that mind blowing that you can open your phone and download an app and all of a sudden own a piece of Apple, like the actual company. It's not really far-fetched for them. So as you start thinking about these things, especially for a younger generation, when you've got kids, just as much as they understand that, hey, oh no, we don't have enough money to buy that. I'm not buying that, that costs too much. They get that. They're also gonna get the fact that, oh no, we need to save our money or we can actually, you can own some of that thing that you just purchased. We can own Apple, we can own Nike, we can own a lot of the things that we're buying you or that you desire. And so for younger people, it's actually quite easy. I love that a lot. I mean, especially because, you know, when when you actually look it up, owning just a small piece, it's not that much money, right? So like you can, you can at least, you know, do the small, small action, um and and sort of change your mindset on so many of these things thank you angela i feel a lot better i think people at home probably feel better now that we have um a plan of action because the the news about the economy is scary right now um and as you said we're probably in a recession and they're going to tell us later um so we should get started with whatever plan um would be best for us so that we can feel secure so that we can make our nervous systems all calm down that is the key. That's the key for everybody. Um, Angela Matthews, finance guru. Um, tell tell us the co- online course for investing. You mentioned that you've been teaching it for seven years. Give out the website because I, I didn't write that down in my notes, but I want to make sure people have access to that if they want to take it. 
Yeah, absolutely. So you can go to happyinvestorguide.com um, and at happyinvestorguide.com, we actually have a beautiful freebie where you get affirmations, you get a wealth prayer, you get 55 stocks that are worth 55 bucks or less. And you also get a, there's an intro class there. And so definitely want to check that out, happyinvestorguide.com. We run something every year called a first stock challenge because I do believe even one stock a year can change mm -hmm. your life. So this is when we kind of all do it together, join hands and just open up brokerage accounts and start investing. And if you want to do more, of course, yeah. we have our course. So thank you so much, Serlina, thank for having you. me. I know this is going to be a tremendous year financially for all of us. Yes. And I just hope that it's and one to remember. Yes, yes. It's going to be a good year. Start with the positive thinking and then take action. Angela Matthews, finance guru, um, helping us all. Um, get a little bit more sane with our money. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Zerlina. Check in for new episodes every weekday.